0: Welcome to the final episode of the 2020-21 season of the Bird's Eye View. 370 games, 993 goals, 10 blank game weeks, one triple game week and only one game of fancy football. What a roller coaster it has been since you last joined us. I had, it was my aim to gain 50 points in five game weeks on Robbie Wellham. Four game weeks later, those 50 points have been wiped out and I lead Robbie by one point going into the final game week of the season. It really could not have finished any tighter going into the final game week. Deja vu from last season when it was so tight going into it. But there's going to be a difference. I will be taking the title and I will be making sure of that. Um But without further ado, um I'll pass you over to Robbie to to what I want to know, how, he, how he's bottled that 50-point lead. So, Robbie. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> what have you got, bro? Well,
1: that game week 35, I mean, it was one of the strangest weeks, I think, in fantasy football history. Um, I got 93 points, yet my overall rank dropped by 36,000. Woo! Which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, any other game week in the season, ninety-three points is a ridiculous score, but it was the triple game week when Manchester United played. And my differentials just didn't come off in that week. Castagna with two, Zaha with four, who was like a minus four to get in in the first place, so he might as well have been a zero. And then Ollie Watkins getting sent off and getting a minus one. So it didn't go it didn't go particularly well. But I did get 93 points that week, and I think I've kind of—it's been a little bit better since I've, my overall rank has gone up since that game week. But it's—it's it's been a really, really strange few weeks in fantasy football. That like, triple game week is something I—I am doubt we'll ever see again. I captain Bruno when he got 38 points, so Salah 13, Jota 10, Phillips 10. So there were some That's good great. scores, but it's just I didn't have enough triple United players by the looks of it. Um, and then yeah, now I'm on it. Go like Birdie said, going into this final game week of the season, we put out a tweet earlier today. It's there's I think it's six points separating the top four in our head to head league between so there's 2,351 points, and then fourth place, which is sadly myself, 2,340. <laughs> Jack, shut up, you're not in the top four. Um, so <laughs> So, yeah, it's unbelievably close. It really is going to go down to the wire. Have you got anything to add, Jack?
2: Yeah, I guess, what have I got to add? Like, uh, For those of you that don't know, I, I like to call myself a bit of a back nine merchant. Um, always have been. Unfortunately, by the time I finally find some form, I'm usually pretty far out. And it's been exactly that, that way this time. Over the last nine game weeks, I've had one red arrow... Um, I've gone from, I think it was 800,000th in the world uh, to three hundred thousand, So I made up half a million places in my back nine merchant uh, moves. And that has been, there's been some incredible great game weeks for me. As Robbie said, that 35 was mad. I got 120 points. Finally got into the Century Club, boys. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, no, mate. <laughs> but despite 120 points my game week rank was only 540,000th in the world so half a million people got more than 120 points but then the following week I got myself a 75 pointer I brought in Ferran Torres, Captain Moe, had Harry Kane there and I got 75 points that week and it was my game week rank was 25,000th, which is just dizzy heights. I almost passed out from the lack of oxygen because of how high up I was that week. Um, but as these guys have sadly said, as far as the Mickey Mouse League or the Classic League is concerned, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to win that. But boys, we all went into a finals this midweek and only one of us came out. And you're right. It was the back nine merchant, Mr. Jack Reed. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, i i am not going to comment on that head to head league um the fact that um the head to head league final is between um yourself jack uh, where are you in the in the league in the classic league i think 7th right now you're in 7th uh almost 100 points um behind myself and you are playing in the final against someone who's 22nd in over 200 points behind myself and Robbie, um, which just shows of what a tin pot. Wait, how have you got to 200 points
2: there? Like Bird, man, all I'm going to say, because we can't stick on this point for too long, right? But you are both in the semi-finals. You're both so-called amazing FPL players <laughs> that haven't won trophies in numerous years. But your boy, Jack Reed, is in the final and you two threw it in the semis. Carry on there, Bird. Carry on. Do you know what I think like this uh, I'm gonna ignore that point because it's just invalid.
0: Um, <laughs> what, um, what is summed up quite well the season really the last few weeks in that I haven't felt the need to own any Manchester City assets, um just mm. running away with the title. Um it's been really quite a strange season from the Man City front. I had Gun I brought in Gundagun last week, got a-, a goal and assist in these two weeks, but other than that. You know, I've been focusing elsewhere at the moment. I've got three point eight million in the bank, and in all honesty, I'm not sure if I'm going to spend much of it. Um, and that's kind of been away this season, like uh, that the the bigger assets really haven't done it. And I feel like that's happened the last few weeks. I've got a lot of joy out of the the cheaper options, the Che Adams of the world. We had Wood chipped in with hat trick. Harrison, you know, Harrison's got the same. He's he's close to he's seventh in the midfield ranks. He's got more points than Sterling, Mount, Mares, the mighty Suchek. He's up there as well. Um, so I think it's summed up the season quite well uh, the last few weeks. But uh, that could mean absolute diddly if our final game week goes wrong. Um, or it could mean quite a lot if our final game week goes right. So we need to absolutely nail game week 38 to make sure we have silverware and we finish... With a fantastic overall rank at the moment, I am in the top one percent of players in the world. I've got an overall rank of eighty thousand, just creeping in one percent. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Yes, thank you very much. It's been an impressive, <laughs> impressive season for myself as always. Um, and Robbie, what? what I want to know is going into game week thirty-eight, what do we need to consider? Because obviously, there's a lot up for grabs. It's a strange time, you know. A lot of clubs got absolutely nothing. To play for, um, where to, where should we put where should we put our money, and who should we go for?
1: Well, we did kind of talk about it in our last pod. There's a few teams that are kind of you like to say on the beach at the moment. They've got nothing to play for. I'm thinking sort of the likes of Wolves, Southampton, Crystal Palace. They're not getting relegated. Um, this is confirmed now, and they're not going to get Europe. But you got to consider players on on the verge of international stage so I think your likes of Ollie Watkins pushing for an England place he's scored once again against Tottenham he does have a tough final day against Chelsea so again that might put put a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons and then players looking for transfers you might see a big score from Harry Kane this week just to end his potentially end his Spurs career on a high you never know players like Pereira trying to force them to stay in the Premier League. You're thinking of those sorts of things as well. And you've got to consider the teams who are fighting for Europe. So, Chelsea, Leicester, Liverpool, Tottenham need to secure that Europa League spot. Cause they're, and so West Ham are going to be fighting in about there as well. Leeds also, actually. Le- Leeds can just about scrape in, I think, too, can't they? Yeah. So I think players like that, are the, are, you've got to be looking at those sorts of assets. Whereas your Man City, like Birdie kind of mentioned, they've won the league. There's probably, they've got a uh, Champions League final coming up. I don't think they're going to be getting much joy from Man City players this week, even though they're playing Everton. And um, Manchester United don't really have much to play for either. I would say that with Manchester City, I think
0: last the, the last game of last season, they, uh, they won 5-0 or something like that. Um, this is kind of like where they break the shackles. They're in front of their home fans. Um, yes,
2: fans.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, yes, they are. They've got that Champions League final, but at the end of the day, um, they're the champions. And if you're looking at the fixtures, I'd say two teams that are the most likely to go on and win big, and that would be Liverpool and Manchester City. So, I'm I'm going to be listening into Pep's press conference very carefully. Mm. Um, because uh, it's next weekend, so they'll have six days rest going into the Champions League final. Surely you've got lots of players there who are wanting to gain a starting spot in a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of a Champions League final berth. Um, Jack, have you got any more to add?
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I I, I think we just need to also take a moment and reflect on what a huge fbl asset sergio aguero has been over the years <laughs> it's not quite been his year this year but you've just got to assume yeah. in front of the fans at etihad his final swan song is it time is it time for one last dance sergio is it time that's that i guess that's one of my key my key questions is it head over heart moment where you go for aguero and just hope or is it actually, he's probably going to get subbed off on 10 minutes or something along those lines. Um, but as Birdman said, yeah, there, I feel like there's, the rotation for Man City is going to be huge. But you think of maybe someone like Ferran Torres uh, or your Phil Foden, uh, Diaz, Laporte Stones, they're all playing for that, for that position the following week in that Champions League final. So there's going to be a few players that are going to want to go out and show that they deserve a starting spot. And that makes them very dangerous against the Everton side who have fallen off the pace a little bit of late.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we would like to formally welcome you to the Birds Eye View Awards of the season.
1: Ooh! Yeah,
0: yeah big <laughs> ooh on that one. Big ooh. Yes, we want to. We're just going to have a take. Just take a second to look back and um just uh, what a what a chaotic, what a chaotic year it has been. Like I said at the start, 10 blank game weeks, countless doubles. We've had COVID, we've had protests, we've had all sorts. Um and um we're gonna start off by each of us uh saying our star of our FPL team this season. So I'm going to go to uh, Jack Reed up first.
2: Yes, yes. Thank you very much. Um, it's, it's quite right you've gone to the one that got to the final um, first, you know. They, this is what the fans really want. They want to hear my point of view. Get okay. on with it. <laughs> so my star of the season has to go to for the Aston Villa goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez. Uh, I think what a year he has had. And you must, as an Arsenal fan... You must just look and... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But Emmy Martinez has been brilliant. Top point scorer for goalies out of all the goalies. He's also got more bonus points than any other goalkeeper in the league. He's seven ahead of Nick Pope in second place. I think he's third place for saves, uh, only behind Sam Johnson and Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, Melier's there as well. But two of those goalkeepers are from relegated sides that face a lot of shots. And then clean sheets... He's got himself in third place behind only Mendy and Edison. And what all of those stats equate to is a goalkeeper that is scoring points for fun. I think he's been brilliant. He's been a brilliant own. There's been so many times where I've just chucked him in and gone, oh, no. Oh, no. OK, well, let's just he's got big game, but let's just hope for some save points. And the boy comes out of 11 or 12 points. He's an absolute madman who cannot be stopped. And what a year he has had. And I've loved every minute of owning him, apart from the times when I've not loved it. Uh, so that is my star, everyone. Uh, I'd like, like to add on that. I mean,
0: he started off at, to sum it up, he started off at 4.5 million. First game of the season, uh, turned in a 13-pointer and hasn't looked back since. And now he's 5.4 million. So... It's an excellent star of uh, Jack's season. For my star of the season, where well, it has to be none other than the top point scorer himself, um, Bruno Fernandez. Um, you know, I just think with Bruno, it's a love affair that really started last year when he came in in January. And um, it's an absolute, I know you call him a penalty merchant, but he's an FPL points merchant. Like, it's just, it's scary going without Bruno Fernandes. The amount of halls he's got this season has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, he's got 12, 13 double figures and he can even provide assists without touching the ball. <laughs> like, he's He's so good that he doesn't even touch the ball. Don't get me on bad And he receives assists. It's not not like it's the first time this season I went without him, but what Bruno does, he punishes you if you don't have him in your team. So Bruno Fernandes, 244 points, my star of the season. On to you, Robbie.
1: Well, for me, there's only one man. Um, I put him in game week one. And since game week one, he has not left my team. He's played every single game. Well, he's been on my team every single game week. I've benched him a few times at my peril. Um, and this man, Stuart Dallas, um, he's been absolutely fantastic. A top scoring defender in fantasy football. He's not a defender, really. He's a midfielder. Um, if you were to compare Dallas to Lundstrom from last season. So remember how good Lundstrom was and the amount of points he was racking up. Playing as a as a midfielder but a defender in FBL, he got 144 points. Stuart Dallas this season has 169 points. Wow! Uh, so it's an unbelievable season from him. I think this is this might be the first time I've ever had one player in my enti- in my team for the entirety of this season. Um, I think James Justin would have done it as well if he hadn't had his ACL injury because he was in from game week one two before then, but died. Stuart Dallas has to be my player of the season. He's been absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can only agree yeah, looking at him. 4.5 million started off. Now he's at 5.4. So uh, Stuart Dallas being exceptional. Unfortunately, not everyone has been exceptional this season and we have to then look at our uh, award for disappointment of the season. Now, this one may surprise you from my side. Um, but the problem is, um, I've got extremely high standards of this player. Um, one of the greatest FPO assets, I think, over the last three or four years. Um, and he hasn't done it. Uh, Aubameyang has the same amount of points as him this season. Foden has more points. Trossard has more points than him. Jared Bowen has got more points than him this season. And that's Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne 11.8 million uh He's, he's not even close to touching the likes of Bruno Fernandes. He's over 100 points down on Son, Salah and Bruno. And, you know, I just expect a lot more from Kevin De Bruyne. He's given us flashes. But in all honesty, I've been extremely, extremely disappointed. And that's why he is my disappointment of the season.
2: It's a big claim. It's a it's a huge claim and, and I like it. I You know what? I like it. I think it's a good claim. He's all he's there's never been a time where he's he, he's pulled together a consistent run of points either. It's it's felt very it's been a very stop and go season for Kevin. So um yeah I certainly like that. one. I don't think I'm just looking now there's only been one time that he's got back to back double figure double yeah. figure hauls game week 10. Yeah. So uh, it's not not been the season for Kevin but you know with a player like that He's only going to bounce back stronger, no doubt. Um, yeah, I would say my my uh, disappointment of the season, similar on a similar kind of train of thought as Birdman, someone that was unbelievably good for the last few years, particularly the last kind of couple season, has has fallen off a bit, and that, that's Sadio Mane. Um, he actually has chipped in with quite a few points. I think he's the fifth-highest-scoring midfielder with 160 yeah. points. But it's just not really been his year at all, particularly between just, uh, November, December to February, March time. It, it just all went very cold despite him getting so many chances. And even now it feels like every week he's missing at least one or two uh, golden opportunities. And for a player of Mane's quality, he, he's even admitted that himself, that he, he's, he can't explain why this season has happened uh, in the way it has. But for a player like Mane at a price like 11 I think he started at 12 million maybe um Birdman is that right I think it was 12 yeah started. 12 million he started on and I think he's only got two double figure three sorry three double figure hauls this season and only one double figure haul in the last 18 17 18 game weeks Wow. for a player of that price it's it's not good enough and and so that is why Mane as a Liverpool fan this hurts me to say but Mane is my disappointment of the season. How about you, Robbo? Well,
1: once again, my disappointment of the midfield of the season is another midfielder, um, and it is Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was so much hype around Aubameyang at the start of the season, being moved from a striker to a midfielder, because in 2018 and twenty nine the 2018-19 and the 1920 season, he got 205 points as a striker. So bear in mind, he doesn't get clean sheet points that midfielders get. And he gets one point less per goal compared to the midfielders as well. So you're thinking going into the season, that's going to be a 250 point season if he repeats it. Yeah, And he's got 128 points this season. Oh, he's boy. Been, he's been, so he's got, I think, near enough, like almost half the amount of points he got as a striker. There've been so many zeros, twos, and ones this season. He's had four double-figure hauls, but he's had nine zeros. There, there's periods of the season where he's gone sort of four, five, six games where it's just two points, two points, two points, one point, two points. And so he's been a massive disappointment in my eyes. Um, Arsenal have struggled for goals this season. I think Aubameyang not being at his best is the reason why.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd do yeah. that. Um, but we're not all about disappointments. We're all about, um, as uh, Uncle Bryn would say, surprises. And, uh, <laughs> surprise of the season is really one to celebrate those who we just didn't expect. We didn't see them coming. And uh, mine is uh, Robert, Robbie's mentioned him. Um, it's uh, James Justin of Leicester. It's easy to forget about him. Of course, he got injured in uh, Game Week. After game week 23, in the first 23 game weeks, he did not miss a single minute and he averaged 4.4 points every single game week. Now, if he continued that for the whole season, he would have been he would currently be second in the defend, defenders tally. Um, so very unfortunate, but what a player, what a player he wants, he was turning ridiculous scores, in, in particular, the 15 points away at Fulham, and he followed that up with the nine points against Wolves, he seemed to get bonuses on a regular occasion, uh, in those 20, in those 23 games, he seemed to get bags, bags of bonuses, um, so James Justin, uh, was, was my surprise of the season, looking forward to welcoming him back when he, uh, Gets back from injury, uh, Robbie. Uh, well, let's have let's if
1: your surprise of the season. Oh, my surprise of the season is a Leeds United player. So, but it's not Dallas. Don't worry, I haven't put him twice. Um, <laughs> it's Patrick Bamford. Um, I personally didn't know. I did. I thought sort of coming from the Championship to the Premier League, it's rare that you see players who excelled in the Championship, especially strikers do well in the Premier League, but. Patrick Bamford has been absolutely fantastic this season. He's the second highest scoring striker in the league with 188 points. He's 50 points behind Kane still. So obviously that, but Kane has had a very, very, very good season. You've got to, got to remember that. But Patrick Bamford has been absolutely exceptional in fantasy football this season. And I I think he's surprised an awful lot of people. Um, Bear in mind he only had one Premier League goal to his name before this season and granted he probably hasn't played very many minutes in the Premier League before this but it's very rare that you see strikers adapt to the Premier League having been in the Championship the year before so quickly and I think he's been
2: fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I can't disagree with that. I think Bamford was someone that, I won't lie, uh, I was looking at his stats at the start of the season from his championship year and he was someone that missed quite a lot of chances and I thought, you're not going to get that many chances in the Premier League, my son, and so you would be far more clinical. Well, how wrong was I? One, he has pretty much got as many chances because of the way Leeds play and two, he has stepped up to the plate He's had some dry spells, but what a season he has had, spearheading a lead side that have been very exciting. So I think that's a, a brilliant surprise, Robbo. Nicely done, my friend. Surprise. Uh, surprise. Surprise. Um, and then my guy, my surprise, uh, he only came in right at the end of the January tran- transfer window, uh, but this was his start. Uh, return, no, no blank. Return, 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 return. return. Ineligible. Return, 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 and it's towed off a little bit recently. But that is Jesse Lingard, um, that young whippersnapper who's uh, <laughs> doing it all over again. It's been, I, to be honest, it's been brilliant to watch a player because he's he's an exciting player to watch when he's at it and he's got filled with confidence. And it's been really, really great since January time to watch him really push West Ham into a into a. European kind of race and I think he's been really one of the surprises I think a lot of people thought it was a bit of a risky move um, for him maybe for West Ham as well Uh, but actually it's been a match made in heaven in so many ways and he's, he's returned on a regular basis in some really big games as well he's got returns against Arsenal against Spurs against Villa away as well um, against Leicester as well, and against Wolves. That, that's some big games, huge games. Um, and for me, for the surprise, I wanted someone that I took a punt on and paid off, and Lingard came in, I think it was in the second week at West Ham, and since then, I've loved owning him, and I jumped off of, it, off of him at exactly the right time. Um, so Jesse Lingard is in my good books. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be interesting to see where Lingard goes if he goes to West
0: Ham and then how he does next season because, yeah, he has tailed off a bit. Um, But what an impact he made, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. Um, Doesn't matter whose support, who you come from, I don't think anyone would have predicted what Lingard impact he made, Um, especially on Thomas Suchek. I think Suchek was very unfortunate to miss out on our surprises of the season bit of a shout out to him and Kufau and that West Ham team um but talking of next season um we're gonna give us everyone's gonna give one tip for next season who we think is gonna surprise us all (laughs) and uh perform miracles for our fantasy football team so we'll go Jack why not you you start us off your tip for next season
2: so my tip is a slightly hypothetical one um But we're going to roll with it because, you know, why not? It's our pod. We can do what we want. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And that's Harry Kane. My tip is Harry Kane. I'm going to work on the assumption that he's going to go to one of the big three clubs of Chelsea, Man United, Man City. But let's work again on the assumption that he goes to Man City. Now, Kane... Is by far the top scoring striker in the league uh, in FPL. He's top of goal, joint top of goals, top of assists. And that's with a Spurs side that's been managed by Mourinho and Ryan Mason and have given him next to nothing. Now, I just wonder Harry Kane leading a Man City midfield and attack is a frightening prospect. Um, they don't have any good penalty takers either and they win a lot of penalties. So Kane on those pens, Kane being set up by Mahrez, by Foden, by De Bruyne, by Gundogan, by Torres all season. I think that's a frightening prospect. And not just that, Tottenham have not managed Harry Kane at all well. They've rushed him into games. They've played him when he's not fully fit. Playing for that Man City side, you know Pep will manage him beautifully to keep him at 100% fitness. So that when Harry Kane plays, Harry Kane returns. And so that's why Harry Kane, on the assumption he goes to Man City, is a must-have, no matter the price. Uh, Robert, what about you? What's your tip for the season? My tip for next season is a
1: German who plays for Chelsea by the name of Kai Havertz. Um, Ooh. I think Tuchel, since Tuchel's come in, Chelsea have been a much more dangerous proposition. Um, Havertz has struggled with with injuries a little bit. But in the last... So so in the last 10 game weeks, Havertz has played 60 minutes or more six times. And he's got 45 points in those six appearances. So that's seven and a half points per appearance when he's played 60 minutes or more. So I think Tuchel is now going to work with... The, the core of the players that he's got over the summer. I think he, Kai Havertz will be a key part of this, this Chelsea team moving forward. And if Tuchel can get the best out of him, he's uh, and if he's playing every week, he can be a fantastic asset in fantasy football. And I think he's going to probably drop in price next season because he, this season he's not been quite at it. So I think you could see him at a sort of 7.5 mark. Um, so I think he could be, if, if he's going to be, Playing if, as long as Chelsea don't sign two or three attackers next season, next season he could be a fantastic asset because I think he's going to be very valuable to that Chelsea team.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go. I'm going to argue against that, Robbie. Um, I think that's a horrendous tip. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, two, rotates his side immensely. So you've got you've got Mount Pulisic. Uh, Werner Havertz, Zech, uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, they're all vying for that role. He rotates them round. And here's, here's a little stat for you. I know we haven't had Jack's stat of the, the week yet, but um, since game week 19, since game week 19, 18 game weeks ago, Chelsea have scored three or more goals once. Ooh. Once, and that was against Crystal Palace. Um, so they don't score goals under this two system. If I'm looking at Chelsea, I'm looking at their defense. But please, Robbie, next season <laughs> go ahead, go for Kai Havertz, please. Because um, you will rue the day you do. Um, <laughs> but uh just a little, just a little hint, just a little tip for you, Robbie. Just okay, you. Uh and uh so my tip for everyone else for next season is um is uh it's a west ham player and it's um Ben Rama because i think uh, it's only going to be a matter of time since he is firing on all cylinders an uh, immensely talented player um and i think yeah he's going to explode into life it's obviously a bit of raspberry ripple it's not your your obvious vanilla choice i don't know like say harry kane um, yeah. <laughs> but um i just think that uh yeah i i want to go for so, he he'll be around 6 million mark again so cheap you're not going to you're not going to be wasting your money there like you would with, say, you know, um, maybe Kai Havertz. And um, so I think, yeah, Ben Rama, my tip for next season. And then just if I, we're going to get one word to sum up this season. Mine would be carnage from start to finish. Absolute carnage. Jack, one word.
2: I've put you Pain, in- Painful, I would say. It's been a painful year but there is light at the end of the tunnel in every sense of that word. Um, and I'm in the final. Robbo, what are you saying then? I'm going to
1: say roller coaster. Oh, it's been yeah. all over the place, ups and downs. One week you're on top of the world, the next you're on a 40,000 red arrow. It's just been ridiculous. Do you know what?
0: I would say it's been uh, one of the worst seasons in terms of FPL, like right? just 100 100- mm to manage it or trying to get your head around it all. Um, but we've seen more points than ever ever before um, from all three of us. I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of you, if you go in your game week history, if you look at all the seasons you've done it, I bet that you've got more points this season than ever before. Um, and would I say it's the best season of all time? No, no, I'm quite, I'm looking forward to getting back to some continuity next season um, right after I've had The trophy in my hands comes Sunday at 6 p.m. Get that Prosecco on ice. But next, it's time for Jack's final Saturday week.
2: Woo! So, lads, once again, I'm providing the goods and I'm not even going to charge you for it. Um, You're going to see another stat from someone that's in the final uh but you guys are not in uh I'm also a the only one to win a trophy so far this season thank you very much to gaffer <laughs> for running a great uh competition um but my stat for you guys is it's a cracker um I I thought it was good to get one that in- encapsulated the whole of this premier league season and it's something that's happened for the first time in the history of England's top 4 tiers oh. you ready Go on. With 150 away wins, which is 13 more than the 137 home wins, this is the first time there has been more away wins in a Premier League season than home wins. Fortress? What fortress? Have a bit of that.
0: Wow. Do you know what? I think there's two big reasons to that. I think one is uh, the lack of fans, of, of course. And two, it's uh that coupled with VAR, I think that um obviously referees aren't under as much pressure to make decision to to give decisions to the home team. And so that, and there's no red really to hide with VAR. So you haven't got like the home bias that have in previous years. And we we saw that uh we've seen that trend with away teams winning in game week 37, where only uh four out of the ten fixtures saw the home team win and that's even with the fans back in the stands uh so with all that in mind with jack stats that i've delivered week after week after week podcast after podcast cracker mm-hmm. to cracker um with all that information we've got to think how on earth are we going to finish this season like i said the top four in our league the league of super um is separated by six points um so it's really, it's cut, after two thousand three hundred and fifty-one points. It's going to come down to one game week. That's going to mm. hide the season. Um, so with that in mind, uh, Robbie, <laughs> what are you going? Yes, yeah, to- sir. <laughs> wow.
1: Um, I don't want to give too much away to you. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just let um, us know
0: your thoughts. Just let us know what, well, you're, let, what I'll your I'll thoughts
1: are. You know so, I think basically, I think what it's going to come down to, because at the moment, so many, the core of so many teams are so similar. I mean, you even see it in the top four of our league. So, we've got, got Salah, Kane, Dallas, Trent. And then, even in our league, like, I think out of the top five, most of the three of us at least have double Liverpool defence. So either Phillips or Robertson. So I think it's, it comes down to the differentials. And I think this week, what's going to win the league will be getting the differential, the striker differential, right? And I think it's going to be between Chris Wood, um, Patrick Bamford, Mikel Antonio. Mm. And I, I think that who whichever striker scores the most points out of there and could win someone or lose someone the title. I feel like Salah's the obvious captain choice this week. Uh, Liverpool have an awful lot to play for. He's got a golden boot to play for. And I think if you're not captain Salah, you're running a risk. But then again, you're going to need to run a... You might need to run a risk if you've got a title to win. So, and then Harry Kane, again, could be a potential champ for captain. Again, like we mentioned, could be his last game for Tottenham. Tottenham have Europe to play for. So... Kane is also an option too. Um, I think I will be making one transfer. I'm definitely not taking a minus four this week. Um, and I think there's a good, uh, my, like I've mentioned, I think it's going to be, the, the, the title decider will be that striker. I think it will be Bamford, Antonio or Chris Wood. And I think that decision will decide the title.
0: I tell you what, Robbie, you're sounding very nervous. <laughs> I have never
1: heard you so nervous
0: in all my life. We've known each other, what is it, 18 years we've known each yeah, other and I've never that. heard Robbie Welling <laughs> as nervous, as nervous as he was then, um, which is excellent, excellent news. He's cracking. He's locked his 50-point lead. He it's had happened in again. his palm. <laughs> He has it in his palm. And he's lost grasp of it um, and the bird has flown up the league and is in a great position to make to take that advantage, to make the most of the position I've put myself in. Um, so uh, uh, what am I gonna do? Well I, I mean similar thoughts to Robbie, um, similar thoughts. I think that uh, obviously you look at the fixtures. And, um, yeah, it'd be very brave to go against Salah. But then you're going to have to be brave to win the title, maybe. You're going to have to be brave to to get the points you need in your mini leagues. Um, So if that means going against Salah, that might mean going against Salah. If you're looking elsewhere, if you're looking for your Raspberry Ripple, that's where you've got to look at Leeds. Leeds, their first home game with fans in the Premier League for what is it, 16, 17 years? Yeah. Um, and they're playing West Brom. So, you know, if you're going to go Raspberry Ripple, you, you look at your Stuart Dallas's, you look at your Patrick Bamfords um, as your options. Uh, I've got, to, I've got a, I'm a, a bit sweating. I'm sweating on the fitness of uh, Che Adams. Um, so he's probably uh, in the firing line of missing out for Birdman United in the final game week of the season. Um, which I'm not too disappointed about because I think there's some good options elsewhere. As Robbie says, Antonio Bamford uh, looking like uh, very strong options. I've already got Chris Wood. He's going to bag a hat-trick again. He's going to bag it against Sheffield United. Um, so if you don't have Chris Wood now, um, you've been warned. You've been warned. Anthony Machine, what a player. Um, so, yeah, that's my force points prediction uh, I'm going to get the points required to win the league, <laughs> and get silverware back in my hand. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm yeah. saying. And so we will pass you over to uh, Jack Reed to finish us off. The final uh, preview of the season, and it's Jack Reed, manager of at FPL Bird's Eye View. Off you go.
2: Woo! <laughs> yeah. Can I? As I just as I go to say. Um say my final piece I just want to I guess reflect that there's between second to fourth Birdie and Robbie there's two points in it the reason that's so that's so mad was Robbie and I were so close in the in the head-to-head and and you're waiting for a player to get a yellow card and (laughs) it it feels like it could come down to a player getting a yellow or a a controversial VAR decision or the bonus points being changed last minute or Bruno getting an assist without being on the pitch you just you just don't know, you know? <laughs> um, and so what a year has been, and I'm I'm so excited to watch you lads battle it out in in the uh, Mickey Mouse Cup, and I'll try <laughs> and do justice to the bird's eye view in the head to head league in our final. Um, have I mentioned I'm in a final? Um, I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone's too interested in what I'm doing, with my team, uh, <laughs> but I'm um, yeah I'm going Mo Captain. Um, yeah, Rafinha's in there as that Leeds cover. The only question mark I've now got is I've got Calvert-Lewin on my bench and i got Seamus Coleman because both of them are playing Man City. And i got Ferran Torres and Diaz who are playing Everton. Uh, so they're all big question marks. Greenwood's a question mark. So I'm a little bit anxious about my team. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but my current thoughts would probably be looking at getting big Stu Dallas in for one last dance and covering that, we- that Leeds defence because... Uh, Bialcz has decided that Melier is isn't going to be playing, which has scuppered my plans massively. Thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say my team's pretty pretty safe because there's not much I'm going to do because I don't want to take any minuses. Because like I said, in a game we like this, you just feel that in both of our in my head-to-head and in your league, one, two, three points may be the difference between glory and heartbreak um so what a season it's been and what a way to end it Sunday four o'clock we'll be sat we'll be watching and we will be loving it because this is fantasy football at its finest couldn't
0: couldn't have put it better myself um it's meant to be my job Jack to to you know, do those sort of things at <laughs> <right laughs> the end of the show like what's that all about still oh, my thunder sorry. That's why that's why no, but um yeah, excellently put. Um let's put it this way, it could go down to the fixture between Fulham Newcastle. It could be a yeah. United Burnley. You know, that they they do not matter in the absolute slightest unless you are a fantasy football fan, which is why we do it. That's why we there's the blood, the sweat, the tears, the anger. The arguments, the memes, the Ben Krellins, uh, the stats, you know, this is what it's all about. And it's going to come to a head until we get a nice summer, until we enjoy, as Robbie would say, we enjoy our time on the beach. When I say on the beach, it'll be on the beach in Barry Island, um, enjoying our vanilla or raspberry ripple ice cream. So a massive thank you uh, to Jack and Robbie throughout the season. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure, obviously, introducing the podcast this season. um, Very enjoyable. We hope our listeners have enjoyed it throughout. Um, And the best of luck. Obviously, not too much luck to you, Robbie. (laughs) At the end of the day, you know, I've got a title to win, as do many others out there. So all the best for Game Week 38. And this has been the Bird's Eye View.